Today on the Scott Thompson Show on 900 CHML. This one is a toughie because many people would completely blanch at the idea of being referred to as a an anti-vaxxer. A lot of people, if you hear that term, would say, come on, I'm that's not me. I, I'm I no, that's not me. But at the same time, there are a lot of people, apparently reading comments to stories and other things who are saying, wait a second, I'm a little concerned though about when they come out with a COVID vaccine because they are really, really rushing to try and get this. When they come out with it, I'm not sure I'm going to be first in line to line up for this thing. I'll wait for a few other people to get the shot and see if their arm falls off before I will take it. Is that a fair concern? Is that something we should be concerned about? Let me bring in Dr. Byron Bridal, who is a viral immunologist at the University of Guelph. He is working with a team on one of many teams actually out there trying to do this all over the world, but he is working on trying to come up with a vaccine for COVID. He joins us now. Dr. Bridal, thanks for doing this today. Uh, Yeah, my pleasure. Is that concern some people have, is it a fair concern that because we're doing this in a in a rush because we've got this this virus that's going around is it fair to be concerned about what might be produced in the end uh it's it's that's hard to say actually it um it certainly certainly i i think it's been uh using terms like uh warp speed and applying that that to vaccine development programs certainly doesn't help with the perception um you know, I guess if you apply things like warp speed to, uh, I don't know, a, a runner or something, that's that seems great. But when it comes to vaccine development, I don't think that we want to move too quickly. Uh, there, there's a there's a pace at which science, you know, has to progress, right? If we're going to maintain scientific integrity and uh, and make sure the the science is rigorous enough. So I, I, I'm not necessarily concerned about um, the potential safety of a vaccine that should be at the top of everybody's list, you know, for the health regulatory agencies to make sure these vaccines are indeed safe. What I'm actually more concerned about is uh, the timeline that it's going to take to come out with uh, both a safe and effective vaccine. Because first of all, a safe vaccine is going to be particularly useful if it isn't efficacious, right, if it doesn't work uh, in people. And um, by rushing this, uh, you know, we may be cutting some corners and that could potentially affect how, how well these vaccines work. So one of my concerns was, um, you know, first of all, a typical timeline. So, so just to be, you know, uh, bl- you know blatantly honest. So, I, so I, I, I love vaccines and I preach the benefit of vaccines as, a, as, a, as an immunologist um, and, and somebody who, who works on developing vaccines. But the reality is the fastest, uh, vaccine that I'm aware of um, is one that was developed by Merck, uh, and the fast it was the fastest one, to the best of my knowledge, has ever uh, traversed the clinical um, trial pipeline, and that took four years. And that doesn't include any preclinical testing or translational testing, like in non-human primates. That's just through the clinical testing process, and that does not include manufacturing and distribution. So. It, it really does seem to be very unrealistic to expect that we're going to have a vaccine anytime soon, um, especially in 2021. And my concern is that if we do, it might be safe, but it might not be. Uh, I certainly am not convinced it's going to be the best vaccine. And one of the things that I really like to highlight as well is um, even with the development of the vaccines right now, um, I'm not convinced we're actually focusing on the right demographic. 
so for example, when you look at COVID-19 and you ask yourself, who are the people who are suffering the, the worst forms of the disease and who are dying the most from the disease? It turns out it's the elderly and it's people who have, uh, for example, who have other pre-existing conditions. For example, if they're immunosuppressed. Um, cancer patients, for example. Cancer itself suppresses the immune system. Uh, the treatments we apply for cancer patients suppresses the immune system. And then when you look at the elderly, one of the common features between these two groups is in the elderly, uh, an aged immune system is much less functional than the immune system in a younger person. And so these people who are the ones you know, who technically need to be protected the most from the disease are the ones who are going to respond poorest to the vaccines we're developing. Mm. And, you know, when you say the pace, you use the phrase, the pace of science, and there's, you know, it takes time to do these things. The, the difficulty here, I guess, is that the pace of science and the demands of the public to come out with something are at conflict. The public wants, I mean, those who are willing to take it, but they want something as fast as fast as possible. And people who are building these things and creating them are saying, wait a second, we can't, we can't do that. Uh, yes, exactly. Yes. And there, there is definitely a conflict there. And it does apply pressure, and it does apply pressure to uh, how people move faster. And there's no question that things are moving through the clinical trial pipeline uh, at unprecedented speeds. I, I still don't think it's going to be, um, you know, at a speed in which we're going to be able to get a vaccine anytime in the very near future. Uh, but uh, what they're doing is some of the clinical trials are now being done in parallel instead of being done sequentially like they used to be. Um, and, and the problem with all of this is uh, even if uh the the health regulatory agencies you know still have the same they're going to have the same standards for safety for sure uh but like you pointed out at the beginning there's it's the perception right the perception uh moving too fast is is too often associated with cutting corners right and and this is the problem uh when you introduced this segment you talked about anti-vaxxers um if not enough people get the vaccine, we're not going to achieve herd immunity. And that's the entire purpose of a explain, vaccine. Explain herd immunity. Okay, so, so what herd immunity is, is the, the way a pandemic like COVID-19 stops is when there's enough people uh, immune to the virus that it can no longer spread among people. In like other polio. words, if somebody were to be infected, chances are they're going to come into contact with people that are already protected against infection with the virus. And so the virus can actually spread. So to, in like order polio to did that, once upon a time. That, yeah, that's right. Yes. So, so in order to achieve that, you need a, a, approximately 70% of a population to be immune to the virus, right? And there's two ways that we can achieve that, either naturally by the virus traveling through the population, which is what's happening right now, or we can accelerate that by vaccinating people and inducing that immunity. But uh, so that's important when you keep in mind about 70%. And some people have actually argued with this virus, if it's dangerous enough, you might actually need to get 80, up to 85% of a population immune to this virus. Now, the, 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 the classical anti-vaxxer community uh, is not large enough to impact that. But what's kind of frightening is there's a number of polls being done right now in preparation for a potential rollout of a vaccine. And in those polls, what they're finding is up to 20% of people who would normally be okay with taking a vaccine because of the perception of the possibility of cutting corners with the COVID-19 vaccine would not be willing right now. And in fact, up to another 30% are undecided at the moment. Hmm. Uh, but that's almost frightening you, because if you actually yeah. needed 85% of a population to be immune, and we're already talking about 20% of people who would normally take a vaccine not being willing to take it, we might not actually be able to achieve herd immunity even with a vaccine. 
I, I don't mean to be silly or, or ridiculous here. I, I'm really not, but you almost might need public displays of the scientists who created this and politicians who are pushing for it to stand there in front of the cameras and take it themselves first to show they're willing to go first. Yes, yes, yes. So there would have to be, yes, there has to be a really careful, carefully rolled out education program to go along with this. Uh, but there's no question that, that these concerns about safety have to be addressed. That has to be very, very transparent. Dr. Byron Bridal from Guelph University. Really appreciate the time. I know it was on short notice today. Appreciate you jumping on. Thank you for it. It was my pleasure. Take care. The Scott Thompson Show. Weekdays from noon to 3 on 900 CHML.